Welcome to the We Go There podcast. I'm Lexi. And I'm Nikki. And our favorite conversations are when someone starts by saying, this might be TMI, but... Exactly. We go there. Because no topic should be too taboo, especially when it comes to women's health. We ask the questions you may be too afraid to ask and interview the experts to get the answers you need. So we're doing this completely unfiltered. 100%. Okay, let's go there. I have been excited about this interview from the day we launched this podcast. Ashley, you are someone I've come to call a true friend, even though we've never met in person. You're the real deal and so passionate about supporting women. Even the name of your business, Get Mom Strong, is so empowering. Even though the two of us could chat vaginas and abs all day long, Lexi and I want to invite you here to chat more about your births, specifically your C-section journeys, because we all know that unfortunately there are many misconceptions and judgments out there about how we choose or end up birthing our children. It's crappy, so we're going to go there. So thanks for being here. Thanks for being here. <laughs> for having me. And thank you for your sweet intro. I fancy you a very close friend too. So I'm super pumped to be on your podcast today. Aww, and you guys need you. to eventually meet in person. Yes. We're going we're gonna to do some sort of amazing retreat somewhere. Maybe I'll come to Arizona and we're going to do like some whole Sedona thing. It'll be great. And I'm going to invite <laughs> myself. Yes. yes. <laughs> you guys can just work me out the whole time. It'll be amazing. Love it. Love it. <laughs> um, no, we're so excited to have you here and um, get into this topic. And um, yeah, there's so much uh, to discuss. So Nikki, why don't you take it away and start? Okay. So, so Ashley, can you just share a little bit, first of all, about your journey? So, so first full disclosure, Lexi and I have both had different birth experiences, but they were both vaginal births. So neither one of us has experienced a cesarean birth, a C-section, a belly birth. We're going to get into the language around this in a second, but before we do that, why don't you just tell us a little bit more about your journey and what has gone on with your births? Yeah. Okay. So my first pregnancy, I carried to term and I went to the OB and she's like, you know what? You've got a small frame. How often do we hear this as women? Right. She's like, I think we should do an induction. I oh, okay. So I get induced long story short. I'm basically, my uterus is contracting. It's not retracting and the baby's in distress. Wheel me in emergency C-section. Um, it was heartbreaking to me because of course I had watched all the birthing videos and I had a plan. Um, so I leave that birth thinking like, well, that stinks, but I'm going to try again with my next birth. I'm going to have a V back. No doubt. Well, I get pregnant with twins, um, to really shorten the story. Cause it was kind of a whole crazy, you know, pregnancy. And then ultimately a crazy delivery. I got preeclampsia at the very end of that pregnancy. So I was 38 weeks with the twins and I just didn't feel well. Um, the way I would describe it, I thought I had a cold. And I called the hospital and I said, you know, I'm this far along. Would you like me to come in? I think I've got a cold. And I went in and they're like, you know what? You're a little swollen. Your blood pressure's a little high. Let's take some blood work. And I said, great, but I've got my five-year-old at home. So I'm going to take off and call me back if I need to come back in. Well, they forgot to call me. <gasps> and my organs were failing. So I actually stopped urinating. And when you're pregnant with twins, oh you gosh. urinate a lot. <laughs> and I was like, this is strange. I'm not peeing anymore. Um, so I go back in and 
they couldn't even believe it. They were like, oh my gosh, like your baby should have been born the day before. So then they weren't even sure they could keep me awake. So vaginal birth was off the table. Um, instantly started crying. I had watched all those empowering videos. I had my plan. I had done all the prep work. Um, and here I was like, not even sure I could be conscious for mm. the birth of my twins. Uh, so I had them through my C-section and it was a very traumatic C-section. Um, the baby A came out fine. Baby B was lodged under my ribs and they could only get him out to here. And so he was in distress. Um, they ended up getting two surgeons in there to try and get him out. They got him out. He was blue. He wasn't crying. And here I am. I'm like laying there and I'm like, somebody tell me what's happening. Nobody's telling me anything. And I'm just panicked. And, he, and it's the most powerless experience. I think um, you want to be like, oh, it's still empowering. It's a birth. But really for a lot of us, I think the emotion that we feel during a seabirth, um, and I just started using that phrase, is powerless. And so here I am not knowing what's going on with my baby. I'm stuck on this table. And um, Miles ultimately ended up being fine. But um, it was traumatic to the point where I was like, I will never have another baby. <laughs> oh, my yeah. goodness. Just big exhale yeah. coming from me right now. I'm getting yeah. shivers as I hear yeah. this. And and it's it's just, you know, I hear, I read, you know me, I'm a nerd and I read this, these nerd kind of, you know, studies and research. And, and some of the stuff that I read has said that, you know, regardless of how your birth happens, the key is that you feel like it's, you're part of the process. There's informed consent that, you know, you don't, you feel like you're part of this decision-making process and you're not just this bystander with people doing things to you, but mm -hmm. that's obviously tricky in an emergency, potentially an emergency situation. So I guess I'm just, you know, do you feel like you experienced birth trauma? It sounds like you have, but I don't Oh, hundred percent. Okay. I was, instead of like enjoying the birth of my two new babies, I was sobbing. And I told my husband, as I'm holding my newborns, I said, that was irresponsible of me. I had no business having more kids. I should have just had my firstborn, oh. been done with it. Like I couldn't I felt very disappointed in myself, which isn't the right emotion, but you know, no. you're not, you're not thinking through things in a, a rational state. And here I am, you know, a day postpartum and I'm just like, why did I just risk my life? And of course it's worth it. I have beautiful children, but my first emotion was like, I could have left my firstborn motherless and that scared me so much. Um, and there is, I think most C-sections and I'm not speaking for everybody, obviously some of them are choice. I would say the vast majority of people, you are feeling like you don't have power in the situation because it usually is an emergency, right? You're typically not having a C-section unless something is not quite right. Um, unless you're going in, of course, with like a breach and you know it's coming, right? If you've got some time to mentally prepare for it and I know that there's some physicians who will do it as gently as possible to make it a more empowering, but when you're in an emergency it's literally like, get them in. Mm. Here we go. You're rolling. Like one second you're in labor and the next second they're rolling you down a hall into a cold, ice cold room, you know? Right. Yeah. And I guess that's what's because you envision all of the scenarios, you know, when you're pregnant, you know that, okay, here's my plan. And I think you're prepared 
as much as you can be of, it may not go as your plan, you know, states, of course, and, and you want the baby here healthy and all that. But when you probably compound the fact of that, like the immediacy of like needing to an urgency around just getting the baby out. And then you finally like processing everything in the state of being postpartum, your hormones, like these babies now here in your arms and feeling, you know, completely like that was, wow, very out of your control. Like that is all where I I can imagine that, you know, the trauma and also just trying to, I guess, recover your, your emotions following that in a state of postpartum in addition to it all, right? Like even if we are in our best headspace uh, going into it, um, it would still be very challenging. But then it's also the judgments around it too, right? Like the misconceptions, that's the one that kills me, right? Like I'll never forget, I had a client who was just like talking about another client. This was back when I was doing, you know, Desperate Housewives of Toronto, sorry. Um, (laughs) But basically it was like, oh, well, she's too posh to push. And that was an actual phrase. And that was the first time I heard it because that particular woman had had two C-sections and I had planned the second because she didn't want to have a V-back. And I remember, and this was before I had kids. And I remember being like, oh, is that a thing? Innocently, naively. And she was like, yeah, it's a thing. Because that particular woman saying it had had a V-back. And so it was just like, what, what, like... Yeah. It was the first sort of door opening to like me being a little more aware that the, there is this sort of undercurrent out there of, well, you know, something, you know, you took the easy way out. And obviously, like here I am being like, oh, my God, you just fought for your life. You had major abdominal surgery twice. Like you're a freaking badass. But yet the opposite sort of narrative can come into play. And so let's talk about that. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, easy way out. It makes me laugh. Like I honestly (laughs) feel like I would start laughing in that woman's face because um, they're cutting through muscle and tissue and fascia, like the gas pain that you get alone after having a C-section because all that air gets in there rises. And my sister-in-law saw me, she walked in the room and she started crying because I looked like just, I mean, I was on magnesium too for the preeclampsia, which if you've ever been on that, nightmare doesn't begin to describe what uh, that magnesium is, but there's nothing posh about having a C-section. I think, I mean, that's almost silly. Thank goodness. I've never heard that to my face because I seriously would start like doing one of those awful cackles where I would be like, Um, you know, but how your baby comes. And I think women who have C-sections, I think we can often watch women who post like their birth stories and they're like, I had this beautiful natural birth into a tub of hot water and there were flower petals and the orcas were the orcas. Know, distant. <laughs> like, oh, like welcoming the baby to the world and it was beautiful. And, you know, and we feel a little bit like, mm-hmm. wow, like that's great, you know? And so there can be definitely, I think, misconceptions about both because even when you are having a vaginal birth. There's nothing easy about that. Listen, there's nothing easy about any of it. It's all beautiful and none of it's easy is what I would say. Yeah. My vaginal birth, Adam, my husband would say it was animalistic. Let's just put it at that. (laughs) (laughs) The noises, the experience was nothing beautiful other than the moment that 
Piper and Clark take oh. the world. <laughs> but pre, but pre that, awesome. <laughs> it takes bravery no matter how yeah. you're getting a baby out of your body. I, think that's I mean, it. that's it. Exactly. And, and there's comfort. I mean, I have friends who have had um, C-sections for their first where either they, you know, they had uh, uh, something that required that and they knew it was coming the whole most of uh, the time that they were pregnant um, because of it. Um, but or it was an emergency C-section and then have have chosen not to do a VBAC because of likelihood of that happening again or mm-hmm. just the comfort and I know this now, right? And like, I don't know necessarily the other, um, you know, a vaginal birth. And so this is, you know, the way that I'm going to feel the most comfortable. And that is like totally great and perfectly okay, right? Like, I think it's that comforting of what you know as well. Um, because then I have someone else who did choose to do a VBAC and similar to you then ended up having a C-section and, and it was a really traumatic laboring process through it. So I think that's like, it's, you know, however we need to, uh, totally. I think we need to stop the judgment posh to push, like, oh, these oh people my don't goodness. Know what they're talking about. It's so true. <laughs> I mean, okay, let's, let's go into the, the words. Okay. I've started some mm-hmm. shit on my Instagram words, account. Yes. Because <laughs> I like doing of course that. You have, oh, occasionally, <laughs> occasionally, and I don't mean it to be like. No, I don't. My my intention is to start like a conversation, a dialogue, mm-hmm. right? Not to actually just stir the pot, even though I know that it's gonna kind of stir the pot. So what I've done, I've done two posts on this over the past couple of years, and you you're familiar, Ashley. The term natural birth, and my post was let's stop using the term natural birth. And a lot of people were like a hundred percent. And what I meant by that is why don't we say words like vaginal birth, cesarean Mm -hmm. birth, you know, medicated, unmedicated, assisted, like these are medical terms instead of this word natural, which is a little more of this loaded, like better, right. It kind of is a bit of a superiority thing. And a lot of people were like, yes, I hate the word natural birth and midwives have responded and say, yeah, we don't use that term anymore. But then you have this sort of cohort of people who were like, screw that. I worked hard for my natural birth and I deserve to call it what I want to call it. And this is the point that I want to make. Okay. Because and I'm going to go on a little diatribe here. <laughs> Keep in mind, I have had to, I've been very grateful about other crappy shit, like heart surgeries and IVFs and blah, blah, blah. But i was able to have, fortunately, two quote-unquote natural unmedicated births, okay? Yay me, I'm happy, I'm grateful. Yes, I did preparation for that, but there's a shit ton of luck involved. And I feel like the people who, you know, I didn't have preeclampsia like you, Ashley. I didn't have twins. It was a singleton pregnancy. The head was down. Everything was fine. You know, it, it, it all worked out. There are so many things that like, you know, are not within our control. And I think it's interesting. I'm waving my finger here because you guys can't see me (laughs) right now. We're on Zoom. But I think it's interesting that a lot of people who don't have a difficult birth experience or don't have an emergency C-section, if they have it easy, they think it's all because of what they did. And I'm like, look, you can absolutely prepare in many ways, mentally, physically. I teach those push prep classes, but there is a lot that we can't really prepare for. So I think it's a bit ridiculous to think that like, you know, everything's in your control. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Am I, am I making sense? Please tell me, cut me off. If I'm rambling. you're making total sense. It's, 
of course, a lot of it's out of our control. If any of us were given the choice, I would say the vast majority of us, if you said, would you like to have an unmedicated natural birth or would you like to have a major abdominal surgery? I'm guessing (laughs) that most people would choose to have, like nobody's, I don't want to say nobody. There are some people who choose it for all their own personal reasons. The vast majority of us don't. We've had some kind of experience that has led us there. Our cards did not align and it is no fault of our own. And let me share this with you. I did an Instagram live not that long ago, somebody who helps with some C-section recovery stuff. And we asked the question on the Instagram live, what word comes to mind? One word when you think about C-section. I'm going to like seriously get choked up just like thinking about it again. Um, And I watched all the responses come in and it was traumatized, scared, afraid, get emotional. (laughs) And watching everyone with those answers coming through and you're just like, of course, nobody chooses that. Nobody chooses to have a birth that's scary, traumatizing, you know, um, unempowered. I mean, all of these words that women use and it, it made me feel a couple things. One, it made me feel not alone. I was like, wow. Like we think because it's a common procedure, like one in three births, that it's not a big deal, but it is a big deal. And it's a big deal to us. And you don't realize, and we don't speak about it because we're like, oh, it's, it's a C-section. Like it's not a big deal, but it's a lot more things than that. You're entering your parenting with like... (laughs) this chaos mode, which I guess in some ways you're like, well, welcome to parenting, right? A lot of stuff's out of our control, but, um, you know, nobody chooses to feel that way. And to say that it's not brave to go through that and come out on the other side. Um, I think that's really unfair. Oh God. I could use a stronger adjective. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's asinine is what it is, but anyhow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it, because you're going into motherhood recovering also from a surgery, like the amount you need to do, you know, just caring for in your case, twins as well. Um, but it's after recover while recovering, I should say from mm-hmm. abdominal surgery is like, you know, you deserve, we all deserve all deserve. Oh We're going to talk about, we got to talk about your recovery, but I just want to share, I did a poll because I was like, I'm going to do a poll oh, yes. for this podcast just today. I like love Nikki's polls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm constantly like, some of them are more random than others, but the poll that I did, and it's still in, like I just posted a couple, like an hour or two ago. So it was to my cesarean mamas, do you prefer the term belly birth or C-section? And 84% of people prefer the term C-section. And only 16% oh. like belly birth. Wow. But again, I'm I'm not, I asked for people, only people who've experienced a cesarean birth to respond, but I don't know if, I mean, everyone might be responding. And some people really like it, the term, but a lot of people are like, it just feels like, and I had someone respond that when you say the term belly birth, you're afraid to say cesarean or C-section because somehow that's bad. So it's almost like, why are we even trying to distance ourselves from the word C-section? Why do we have to come up with a new name? You know, and some people, I guess the word, the language, I'm going to go back to that language comment. You know, how has that language impacted you, Ashley? I had never thought about it until I did that IG live. And the person who I was doing it with called it a C-birth. 
And I kind of thought I kind of liked the blend of that. I was like, yes, mm-hmm. it's a cesarean. Like it doesn't take away the surgery, right? Like it's a surgery. It's a cesarean section. But then it also like mm-hmm. get, you're birthing. You're a part of it. I think it puts you back in that equation. Whereas just a C-section just seems like that's happening to you. Right. And a birth, like you're part of that. And you are being brave. Even while you're laying there, you are birthing a baby. You're very much birthing a baby. Um, It's hard work. (laughs) You know, you're just, and then they take your baby off and you have to just lay there while they sew you up. And it's like, you're experiencing so much bravery in that moment. And so I actually liked the hybrid C-birth. And now I know that's kind of silly to be like that particular. I know it's good. I had always just called it a C-section, but I totally dig C-birth for terminology. Yeah. Belly birth sounds a little too cutesy for what (laughs) you talk about the bravery, right? Like the sea birth is, um, yeah, I mean, it's that bravery piece is um, like truly unbelievable. And uh, I I like it. Sea birth it is. Sea birth it is. So language matters is what I'm hearing. Language really, it does matter. And Language matters. And I don't even know that I knew it did until I heard it. Mm, so I, I don't think I knew that language mm. language mattered. And then I heard it and I was like, yes, yes. Yeah. What do you wish more women knew about, I'm going to say seabirth, especially people who've never had one? Yeah. Um, that it's not your fault. If it does happen to you, um, you can do it. It does take some bravery, but listen, like it's like moms, we are the bravest people on planet earth. And so you can do it. Um, Your baby's on the other side of it. So as you're laying there and feeling kind of helpless, you know, just breathing through it and knowing that in only a few minutes, you're going to get to meet the love of your life. And I mean, that pulls so much strength, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. just that (laughs) we can do this. We can do this for our little ones. Um, and then I know we're going to talk a little bit more about recovery, but you had a major abdominal surgery. So I think a lot of us expect Mm -hmm. our recovery, like, and yes, you have to get up and take care of baby and do all these things. Um, but you really need to give yourself some extra grace with recovery and really respect the fourth trimester in a major way so that, uh, you can optimize healing. And then that's, and it's okay to ask for help. From people. I think as moms, we don't ask for help. Ask for help. You just had a major mm-hmm. abdominal surgery. Have totally. your partner bring you some lunch in bed while you're nursing the baby. You know, mm-hmm. ask your mother-in-law to fold your d- dirty underwear. Like nice. I guess <laughs> clean underwear. I guess it'd be clean. God, who's folding dirty underwear? But you know, so ask for help. It does take a village. And when you have a sea birth, you need a little bit of extra support. Yeah, I love that. It's it's interesting in my health history form for new clients, I have like a, you know, have you had any surgeries? And they have to fill in the blank. And I, for like a year, I remember they'd be like, nope, no surgeries. And then I would be like, oh, did you have a C-section? Oh yeah, I've had three C-sections. And I'm like, <laughs> why wouldn't you put that? Oh so now gosh. on, yeah, on my health history form now on our health history for private clients, I say, have you had any surgeries? And I, in brackets, go C-sections. <laughs> like, yes. to be wow. like, like, this qualifies. So it's just interesting how people are not internalizing that they've had surgery. They're like, oh, but that's just a C-section. Yeah. It's not a surgery, right? Because it's common, right? And that's what we're talking about. Like, just because, and it's the same thing with pelvic floor health, right? You and I talk about this all the time. Just because it's common doesn't mean 
it's normal, if you will. And so, yes, C-sections are common, but it's not, it's not, it, you still had a major abdominal surgery. I mean, there's no other way to say it. I yeah, mean, you no had, kidding. I had my gallbladder removed. That's a surgery. If I were putting it on a list of surgeries, I mm. would list that. And let me tell you, I've got incisions about, you know, you guys can't see like a centimeter, mm -hmm. um, right. you know, five little tiny dots on my stomach, not a <laughs> six inch long, <laughs> you know, scar. Totally. So it's, it's a surgery. Amen it's to a that. surgery. And so you mentioned like the fourth trimester and um, giving yourself some extra grace. And I think that moms in general don't like disregard themselves in that fourth trimester. And there's probably not, I mean, you both do a great job of speaking to it, but there's not enough, I guess, talk about those, this fourth trimester and how we should be treating ourselves. So in particular, as it links to, you know, C-sections or sorry, C-births, we're going to use the terminology correctly. Seabirths. <laughs> um, what, so get into kind of your experience in recovery and, and specifically that fourth trimester and, and new moms who have gone through a seabirth themselves, what, what you kind of recommend there for them. Yeah. So my own story is I was the biggest idiot on the planet, which is probably because I didn't know, right. I didn't start teaching this stuff until my twins were until about five years ago. So my twins were two years old and okay. it came from the reason my business was born was because I wrecked my body so badly with them that I was like, Oh my gosh, I need to like go back to school. I need to teach women how to not do this. And I really switched my focus. So I felt very much the societal pressure of bouncing back. I had been an athlete. And then during my pregnancy, I was put on pelvic floor bed rest, meaning I couldn't exercise or have sex really long pregnancy. And, um, <laughs> and so I felt very much like a lot of anxiety to get back, right? Like fitness is my identity. Mm -hmm. It's what I love. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I need to get back at it. And so I was like running at like four weeks. I mean, it's, I don't even want to say out loud all the things I did. I know Nikki, I didn't know. You can't give me that look. If you guys could see Nikki's face right now. Running four um, weeks after a C-section, but you know what, in this is your name. People don't, you people don't know. C-section four weeks. I know, I know. It was dumb. It was really dumb. And I didn't respect <laughs> the fourth trimester at all. And I no doubt, you know, I went to my six week checkup and here's another thing, right? Is the aftercare, after you have a C-section, a C-birth, you don't see a physician from, they release you to the hospital on day three, at least here in the U.S. And you don't see somebody again until your six week clearance appointment. Oh, wow. yeah, so you go in at year. six weeks. Yeah. And they're like, you're good. And I was like, I asked specifically, can I do sit-ups and crunches? <gasps> yes, 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 yes. So what am I doing? Cause I'm like, OCD. I'm like going home and I'm like, yeah, get it girl. Like oh, no. you know, crunches. I'm like ready to like start my high intensity and no doubt I made my core way worse than it had to be. Right. And so that's something it's like, I would say this to all moms, but especially sea birth moms. If you don't respect that fourth trimester, you are prolonging your recovery. Ultimately, mm -hmm. you need to take these societal standards and that's really where it comes from. Right. We see it all over magazines, like so-and-so had their baby and now they already fit in their size two jeans, like three days later. I mean, my gosh, like when the princess Kate had her baby, she like walked out in like a full get up. Like I was like, whoa, <laughs> my gosh, I looked a wreck for like, you know. No, you were busy doing your crunches. <laughs> I'm busy doing crunches. <laughs> so really respect the fourth trimester and you need to forget societal 
standards of like, we need to bounce back. Um, Slow and steady really wins the postpartum race. And it's particularly true when you have a C-birth. I think that's the thing though, like really, so the societal pressures and then recognizing and truly understanding. And again, being educated as someone like myself who would exact same, like I put the pressure on myself. It's like, okay, you got to be bouncing back, getting right back to your regular scheduled program and kind of the reverse of, or same as you, but I, I maybe the reverse of some C birth moms of because it was a vaginal birth, I was like, well, yeah, like I have no issue to my core. Meanwhile, I did have like diastasis and um, issues that I was like, I can get right back into it. My recovery since Clark, because I've had Nikki in my life has been so much better. And it's that ease part that we really, you, by giving yourself more time, you actually will speed up your recovery, which I just don't think because of the societal pressures, we truly, allow ourselves to like wrap our minds around. Um, I know you guys both probably hear this all the time and it's like your (laughs) probably both of your like never ending battle to just get into women like myself's minds who pressure ourselves so much after having a baby to get back to it. Yeah. I joke. Like I wish I could have named my program. It was way too long, but like everything I did wrong that I need you to know (laughs) not to do, (laughs) but I didn't have as good of a ring as slam. So I will with that, but it's the truth. It's It's why I am so passionate about this is because I did make all the wrong steps in recovery and I, no doubt set myself back. And then once I learned the tools, I just couldn't believe that not every woman is taught this stuff. It was like, mm-hmm. I cannot believe. And let's, you know, we're talking specifically on seabirth. You have a major abdominal surgery and you are told nothing. nothing. All you are told is that you can't pick something up over 10 pounds. That is literally all you're told. Well, guess what? My baby's weighed like 13 pounds. So <laughs> I, I broke, I broke that rule right away. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's not a lot of resources. And even when I went to my obstetrician and was like, Hey, um, here's my issue. I didn't discover it until I was probably about 12 weeks postpartum. Cause you know, I didn't know what I was looking for. I actually Googled there's a football popping out of my stomach. Um, because that's what it looked like was, a every time I do a setup and, uh, you just kept doing them. You just kept doing kept them, right? doing them. Oh um, discovered I had horrible diastasis and I went to the OB and she's like, well, you know, when you're ready, you can have a tummy tuck. And that was the only resource I was given. And so, you know, we're just not given a lot of information, which is why Nikki, you do what you do. And why I do what I do. And why you guys are doing this podcast. It's yeah, we, we deserve better. I've had a lot of people reach out and ask, you know, and and I actually had a doctor, um, in the States reach out and she not in, she's not an OB. She's a physician though. And she had really bad prolapse after a vaginal delivery and very traumatized by that. And like, you know, is not thinking she may need surgery for her prolapse because of her, you know, it was, I think forceps episiotomy, like really prolonged pushing. And she said to me, I'm really mad. I wish I had just had a C-section. So it's interesting that on both sides, there are women who really wish that they had had the opposite experience. So I think I'm just want to bring that up because there can be a perception also from people who had a traumatic because birth trauma is not just relegated to cesarean birth, which we Mm -hmm. know. Right. And so there are women who have had traumatic use of, you know, very severe tearing, you know, we, you know, the things that can happen there. 
um, who wished that they had had a planned C-section. And then there's people who had the C-section who wished that they, and so I think as I love Ashley, when you mentioned that it's all hard, like it takes bravery regardless, and there can be a gentle planned cesarean birth, especially if you know, and you've had time to mentally prepare, there can be beautiful orcas dancing in the background of your water birth at home, if it's a vaginal birth, and there can be traumatic vaginal births and traumatic cesarean births. And I think Mm -hmm. it's just about being more understanding towards ourselves and recognizing the things that we can and cannot control. Right. Because that's a big one. I think a lot of you know, and, and I know that you still felt, you still, by the sounds of it, feel emotion about this. And your your children are, I mean, your last births were seven years ago. And this still brings up such emotion for you. And that's that says a lot that seven years have gone by. And it's still, when you reflect back on it, it can evoke, I'm getting shivers as I say this, such emotion. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's, there's a lot to process for the rest of your life. If your birth has gone a certain way, I think sometimes women think they should be quote unquote over it by a certain amount of time. But I guess what I'm here to say in my very long winded, I'm not articulate today. So my apologies, people listening, get to the freaking point, but really it takes what we need to show ourselves grace and recognize that like, maybe you need therapy. Maybe, you know, you need to be more gentle to yourself and Mm -hmm. show yourself more grace. And it takes time to process this shit, right? Yeah. I mean, I think we, well, I know we're told, and I see this all the time when I have conversations and I've just recently started having these conversations and honestly, they've been therapeutic for me. I think because I haven't had the conversation until recently, I didn't realize it was all there because Mm -hmm. everybody tells you if your baby's healthy and happy and they come out, okay, well, you're lucky and you are lucky. I want to say that. Yes, you are lucky. You have a beautiful, healthy baby, hopefully at the end of it. And not everybody even gets that, right? Mm-hmm. So you think, well, I brought my baby home. I'm so lucky. But it, two things can exist side by side. You can be super lucky. You have a healthy, happy baby. And you can be super sad and scared and traumatized by the birth experience you had, whether it's a seabirth or vaginal. So both can coexist. Um, and I think we have to, it's not one or the other, just because we have a healthy baby doesn't mean that we mm-hmm. didn't experience trauma. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. I love that. Cause so often where people are like, well, at least you have a healthy baby and it's sort of meant to t- kind of telling you to suck it up, right? Suck up the birth yeah, trauma. Totally. At least you have a healthy baby. Right. Totally. Yeah. Right. It's such good advice. And, um, there's so much strength in women and and whatever the journey is and the path that we go down to bringing the baby here and any type of traumas, you know, Nikki, I think it's great that you mentioned like therapy and things like that, that women, because of the, like you have a healthy baby and, and that everyone, you know, has their laboring experience, whatever that might be, seabirth, the vaginal birth, whatever the path is that you go down, but that, anywhere trauma exists is something that really, truly you should feel empowered to be able to speak about and deal with. And, you know, Ashley, through your work, like you said, now you've been actually able to like have conversations about that and that's been helping you. There's probably so many women who are like, well, I'm one of three have C-section. So I'm, you know, I'm in that category. So why would that be considered 
traumatic, even though it feels really awful to me right now. It's just, yeah, I think it's, I mean, I'm just so, I'm so happy that we're having this conversation. I think it'll help a lot of women um, and that you continue to be so vocal about your experience because it'll help so many women who are probably feeling this and thinking like, well, it's just, it's so normal to have a C-birth. So I'm just going to like put these feelings to the side uh, because I have my healthy baby and all those things. So it's really, um, I think this is going to be really beneficial to a lot of women. So thank you. And there's so many women too, who go through all this and they didn't have yeah. healthy baby or they had a baby in NICU time or they have a oh, baby yeah. lost. I mean, yeah. some of the stories people mm-hmm. share with me and you're just oh my gosh, heartbroken. And so I think addressing birth trauma is a very important thing. Um, very, very important. There's some great resources on Instagram. You can of course find an amazing therapist who can help you work through some of that. Um, and I think that's really beneficial to do. Um, you know, if you can before your next pregnancy to kind of work through some of that. Now I've not done it myself. I've not put in that work, but uh, I have a friend who lost her baby. It was very tragic at 33 weeks and the baby lived for one day and she just recently birthed um, another baby girl. And uh, she did a ton of therapy to kind of recover from some of the loss and And she made it to term this pregnancy. So she's had three girls and this is the first one she made to term. And I'm not saying you can control it with therapy. I'm just saying there is something to be said for like working through the trauma as you go into your next delivery, hopefully feeling a little bit more empowered or having some strategies given to you to work through some of it. They even have a study about pelvic pain in pregnancy and it is linked very closely with previous birth trauma. Mm-hmm. So people who experience oh. pelvic girl pain in pregnancy, it's yep. often as a result of prior trauma because they're just tension yeah. holding. And so mm-hmm. it's like this whole feedback loop, right? The stress response system. And usually what do we do? We go, oh, do these exercises, go see your physio, go to Cairo. And we often have to actually work at more of the sort of neurological level of and, and that stress response level. So it's, there's so much there. And, the, and you know, I'm, I'm mentioning this just if potentially that, you know, if, if it doesn't, if it doesn't motivate you to go for the mental reason, maybe it'll motivate you to go and get therapy for the physical reason, right? Mm-hmm. Right. There's so mm-hmm. much there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ashley, is there anything else you really want to leave listeners with who, you know, around this whole conversation of cesarean, sorry, seabirth? We're going to work on that. It's going to roll off my tongue. Seabirth. Oh, yeah. Um, I think there's one thing that's important in recovery that does not get talked about. And I don't know if in Canada it does. And here it definitely does not is scar massage uh, to help work out adhesions. I think that is a really important tool. And now you don't want to do it until your scar is fully healed. Right. So, I mean, you have to completely have the incision closed up, but once it's closed, starting to desensitize around it and then to work directly on it is very important. And again, it goes back to the emotional side and the physical side. So for the physical side, it's breaking up adhesions so that you can keep your mobility, your range of motion, because um, scar tissue is kind of like a sticky spider web and it'll just stick on whatever. And that means organs. I mean, it can, if you've got hip pain or back pain and you've had a C-section, oftentimes there's some degree of adhesions happening. Um, and it can cause a lot of referral pain. So if you know this going into your C-section and you're like proactive, yay. And even if you're years out, you can still benefit from scar massage. And then on the emotional piece of scar massage, 
is kind of taking back that power, right? Like being able to touch it again. I could not do it for a very long time, but being able to touch that scar again and connect with it and say affirming things as you are working on that scar tissue. Like I did a great job. Like my body did a great job. And so working through the, both the emotional and the physical side on that scar, super beneficial. Um, so I just want to throw that out there. Um, and your, again, your practitioner may not tell you a pelvic floor physical therapist definitely will. We go over it in my program. Um, so really important piece to take away. That's great. That's so helpful. I'm sure I, I, I've never heard of that. So that's, uh, and, and that's very interesting of like the web and attack, like back pain and hip pain and things like that actually being be as a result of scar tissue. And, um, so very, very good tip. And Ashley, do you want to just, um, let everyone know where they can find you and follow you? Cause I'm sure people will be wanting to follow along now. Yeah. So you can find me at get mom strong on Instagram and my website is just getmomstrong.com. And I am going to do a little brag here. My program is strong like a mother and it's truly everything I wish that I had had for my own recovery. So we lay the foundation through core basics and learn some fundamental movements. Um, and then we go from there and we do total body kick butt workouts that build overall strength, but we're really mindful of core and pelvic floor. So um, awesome resource if you're looking for a nice home workout program to both challenge you and teach you everything you wish you had known about your body earlier. I love it. I also love the name. It's so good. Strong like yeah. a mother. What you do Amazing. is so good. It's so, so good, Ashley. I love everything you, you do. And uh, mad respect for what a badass you are. And I, one of these days, we are going to host a retreat. And I'm sure. you're going to kick my butt. And I'm going to kick your butt with like sneaky <laughs> Pilates moves. Butt. I hate it. I did a Pilates <laughs> workout with Nikki and I was like, you know, and I can lift a lot of pounds of weight. And I was like, just doing body weight. And I was, what is your issue? Who hurt you in your past life? <laughs> that is the best way to define it. Sneaky Pilates. Pilates. It is so true. It's like, cause I used to work out like a lot heavier weights and things like that. And now it is so sneaky. It'll really catch you. <laughs> like grab yes. your five pound dumbbells. I was like, yeah, cool, Nikki. Let's go. <laughs> It's all so good. Cross training and doing it all is so, so important. So I could do some heavier stuff too and vice versa, perhaps. So it'll be fun to one day, one day get together and meet in person for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you, Ashley. And uh, yeah, everyone follow Ashley and um, we'll talk to you next We Go There episode. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode. And in the meantime, follow us on Instagram at WeGoTherePodcast and check out WeGoTherePodcast.com for more info.